Hello, 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 and thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Live Free Podcast, where we talk about living a life of freedom and expansion and rest in God. This podcast is a podcast where we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, guys. And this is a prophetic warning or word of caution that God has um, told me to get on here and to just kind of bring balance to um, this season of, of marriages. I've been looking at a lot of YouTube videos and um, I've been seeing a lot of videos on um, prophetic marriages and the season of marriages and um, all the different things and um, God is wanting me to get on here to give my testimony and also give a prophetic warning uh, and a word of caution as it, as it relates to marriage, engagement. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just going to start off by telling my testimony of um, I've been saved now for 22 years. Um, walking with the Lord and I actually I want to say so I got saved in 2000 and not shortly after um, the first thing we as believers especially women um, the first thing we think about I know the first thing I thought about um, when you get saved um, you try to first of all find your footing and you try to find your way to know what's God, what's not God, what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing. And I'm just giving my testimony of how my journey started. OK. And a word of caution of how the enemy came in as well relating to marriage a few times. But I'm going to give you the first time is what God is. I feel like he's impressing upon me to give you guys um, what happened to me so that you guys can be. Uh, take this as a word of warning and uh, um, proceed with caution when it comes to the things of marriage and engagement. So, yeah, so my journey, um, you know, once we get saved, we try to find our footing. We try to find our way. What's God? What's not God? And the first thing, if, if you've been in the world and we've all have, we nobody was born saved. So, <clears throat> guys and ladies, if you've been in the world um, you know that when you first get with God, if you're a new believer, um, and I'm not even sure if who people is listening, but that's that's neither here nor there if they are believers in Christ, but it doesn't matter. Um, this will still help. So you get into the spiritual things and you're trying to find your footing because you were once in the world. And we know that the world's way is totally different from the way God does things, especially when you get saved and you get a revelation of who God is and what this thing is really all about. And um, so with me, I got into it. Right. So the first thing you think as a young woman, emotional, like you want to be married because, you know, you can't have sex, you know, according to the word of God, you shouldn't be having sex before marriage. So. Once you get into it, what happened with me, I got saved, totally smitten and, and love struck. I'm, I'm being honest with you guys. My experience when I when I got saved, it wasn't like 
some other experiences that I hear about, and it shouldn't be because everybody experienced what God is different. It's not a one size fit all, right? So I was totally love struck in love with God, like totally engulfed in the things of God and wanted, just wanted wherever he was going to be. That's just where I wanted to be. If his presence was there, I just wanted to be there. Right. So as time went on, you know, and you walking with the Lord and you um, having a joyful time because it's truly a joyful time. It really is. And it still is um, when you walking with him. Um, but you're just trying to find your way. And then you know that certain things that you used to do that you can't do anymore and that you don't want to do anymore and that you just want to do things God's way because, you know, it's if you're doing it his way, it's the blessed way. Right. It's blessed. So. Throughout my journey, the first few years, um, um, and I know this wasn't God, the enemy started bringing up old relationships. And the first thing you think about as a new believer, can we pray the old guys or the old ladies, you know, and I've heard this from guys as well. That's just got say, can you, you know, you want to pray them in and you want them to be the husband because you, you want them to be saved. Okay. So first and foremost, when we get saved as individuals, we want people to be saved so bad because we just want them to see and to and to experience what we are experiencing with God. Right. So for me and, I, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone. You start to pray for those old relationships to be rekindled and hopefully they can be saved so you can be with the people. Right. Be with that person. And it goes on and prayer and prayer and prayer and it goes on and goes on and goes on. Because we as women have such a deep desire to be with someone, to be married. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that because that's the way God created it. But the problem is when you when you focus so much on something, okay, and you and you focus on it to the point where it becomes an idol. And because you, you took your eyes off Jesus and you just want to be married, you know, because you see the couples in the church and you and you just want a family and but but what happens is I know for me as a new believer, we tend to focus on it way too much, way too much. And um, so what ended up happening was I'm going to get to the chase. You know, I'm not even going to drag this out because, you know, um, after a few years after I've been had been saved, um, I was praying for different people that I had been with and. Finally, God had to tell me this one person, God, that I was praying for. God told me, he said, that is not your husband, period, period. Um, so I, I stopped. <laughs> so I'm just going on about my way and about my relationship. You know, a year or two had passed since I had been saved. And I got a prophetic word from um, this um minister that had a strong prophetic gift. He came to a, our church and we all got in the line to get prayer and hands laid on us and everything. And my particular prophetic word said, uh, you've been hurt in the past. Um, and it's hard for you to trust people. And he said, God is taking you out of self-preservation mode. And he paused and he said, God is setting up someone for you today. And I fell out under the power, right, of God. 
I held on to that prophetic word for dear life <laughs> because I'm like, oh my God, how great is this? God is setting up somebody for me. God can actually set, because I was so, so new to the things of God. And even back then, it wasn't, they, it wasn't as prevalent like it is now that they, they're talking about kingdom marriages, kingdom spouses and all that good stuff. It was more so just you seeing the, the couples in the church. And that was most of the gist of it. Now, I came from a background. My parents was married for 46 years until they both passed away at a young age. Um, they was married for 46 years, though. So I didn't come from a broken home. I didn't come from a house, didn't have a daddy, didn't have a mom in the house or a single parent household. That wasn't my story. So I had I had an example. What you know, I'm not going to say that the example was the best example, but it was the best for what God put me in. So. It was a marriage of 46 years of, of dedication, of love, and of it wasn't without its ups and downs, though, you know, but that's neither here nor there because no relationship is. So I live in reality. So, but the, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is I had that two parent household, okay? Um, so I got the prophetic word and I held on to it. I wrote it down because back then I did a heavy journaling. I journaled my dreams. I journaled everything that God said to me. I recorded. I got countless cassette tapes. Now, y'all know I'm telling my age because I got cassette tapes now. You know, that's before CDs even came out. So, um, so yeah, so I held on to that word. And when I tell you um, the enemy, once you get a word from God, he coming, he coming for that word to take you off track, to take you out of your destiny, your prophetic destiny. So let me get to the chase, you know, so basically, um, you know, I'm looking around and then at that point, when you get a prophetic word, you looking and you thinking that every man is the man, right? And I'm just going to be real because the only way we can really relate to, to situations is if we just be real about things. Because a lot of people want to pretend like they just woke up and they got married and it was the end of that or they didn't have any issues or they wasn't pulled in different directions or was confused about anything. But I'm here to tell you that is far from my experience. I'm not saying I'm not speaking for nobody but me. That is far from my experience. So what ended up happening was um, I held on to that word, read it 50 million times. And I'm like, and then I would, you know, war over my word as well. So, you know, when you get a prophetic word, it's not enough to just get the word. You need to pray over that word and you need to war over that word, meaning the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. So he's coming for that word. Once that word is put into motion, he coming for that word. And I'm going to tell you guys, he came for that word. So I'm looking around, you know, and I'm just doing me uh, being, you know, going to church. You know, I'm, I'm, I was the type of person where I was at church probably three nights, four nights a week. It was a, it was it was a lot. So I'm um, just caught up in the things of God, which was nothing is wrong with that. But it's, you have to bring balance to everything. And I'm learning that years later. I'm learning that how it works and well, how my relationship with God works. Um because the more complicated it is, the more it's not him. And I'll keep saying that you'll keep hearing this repetitive in all of my messages because you can get caught up in a, a whirlwind of thinking everything is super deep and super spiritual. Now, while we are 
walking in the spirit so we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, we have to realize as believers, we are still in this world and everything is not super spiritual. Some things are just practical. Some things are just common sense. And what I did was I got so spiritually minded out to like, I wasn't no earthly good. It was like, everything is not supernatural. Like you're going to have to walk in the practical world. God, if God wanted us to be spiritual, spiritual all the time, then we would never have come from heaven because you know we existed before we got here. But that's another teaching altogether. <laughs> but we would have never came to heaven. I mean, came to earth if we were going to stay in the clouds all the time and be super deep and spiritual. That does not mean that we don't walk in the spirit, though. There's a difference. Um, bringing balance to everything is the key, guys. So um, I held on to the word and I was visiting. Um, I took my son to the barbershop. Uh, um, he went to get his hair cut. So I was standing there. And as I was standing there and the guy who was cutting my son's hair. I heard a voice in my head say, that is your husband. Now. And the first thing I did was start smiling. Right. As I was like, that's my husband. You know, to myself, because I knew I can hear the voice of God immediately. So when I got saved, I immediately started hearing the voice of God. Like some people say they don't hear it or it only they only read it through the word of God. But I started hearing it, you know, and I think it was because I expected to hear it. I, I, I can't explain it. I expected to hear it. Um, and when I say that, I say that because I ask questions. I'll, I ask God a question while I'm reading my Bible. And then I'll hear the voice, you know, so I didn't just read the Bible and think that was the only way he can talk to me. And I don't know. It just came just naturally for me. So anyway, so I'm at the barbershop and he says, that's your husband. And I started smiling. I didn't say nothing. I, I didn't say nothing to the guy. And um, so I ran off with the word, left the barbershop. Um, first thing I did was thought about it for a few days. Then I started telling everybody, God said he was my husband. God said he was my husband. God said he's my husband. Right. Um, and when I say telling everybody, I'm talking about spiritual people. I'm not talking about just anybody, like just having this conversation with just anybody. So what ended up happening was as far as I can remember, cause this was a, such a long time ago. I then went back to the barbershop again for my son to get his hair cut and told the guy and the guy was so nice. He didn't have a, he wasn't walking with the Lord like I was right. He believed in God, but his relationship was not like my relationship was with God. And he was like, well, <laughs> he was a sweet, sweet guy. If that's what God said, and that's what it is. So then he immediately took on that same thing. And we both and we from that point started dating. So we started dating, um, started dating. And when we started dating, he started coming to church with me. So I brought this information because I was in leadership at my church. I brought this information to my pastor and he said, well, you know, if this is if this is what God is saying, then we'll we'll see. You know, let's just pray about it and see what God is saying. 
So, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, I know what God said. God said that was my husband, whatever, whatever. So he was on board. The guy was on board and he would come to church with me. He would come every Sunday. Um, and it was a courtship. We would start courting and, um, but something was off about it. Something was so off about it. Um, and I started to tell one of my kind of like mentors slash coworkers when I would go to work and she was more, you know, experienced in the things of God. And at that particular time, she had actually met her spouse. And so she said, well, let me give you a book. It was a book. It's and the title of the book was called God is a matchmaker. So I read the book and it was a story of how God put the, how God put couples together. Right. So what I started doing was I started researching, you know, in the Bible about the different love stories. It led me to start. What does God really say? Well, first thing we know, guys, let me say this. God will never bring you to anyone else before he bring you to himself. Right. He will never like, OK, he'll bring like like says, I'm going to say this. If God is setting you up with somebody the first thing God is going to do with you is bring you to himself, which he did. You know, I was saved and had a relationship with God. So that's a he uh, that's a uh, warning of caution in and of itself. OK, the second thing is I started researching the different relationships in the Bible. Um, and even though, you know, this is our model, the Bible is always the model to, uh, for what God is saying. So I started reading the different things in the Bible and, you know, you have all these different relationships. You have the Isaac and Rebecca story, um, Isaac and Rebecca. That was the story where Abraham's servant went to find a wife for Isaac, which is Abraham's son. Um, but there were some things that uh, key elements in that story um, that God said to the servant to make sure um, that he made his way prosperous, meaning that when he went to find that wife, he gave him some signs to know if she was really his wife. God will always give you confirmation and your spirit will bear witness with things. But when we're in it and we take off running with without, you know, waiting for confirmation or waiting for God, the enemy has a field day with that. So as a word of warning, a word of warning, um, Make sure you get that confirmation and that you know that you know that you know, because let me tell you what happened to me. So as I started to get to know him and his family, um, half of his family was Puerto Rican and half of his family was from the Caribbean St. Thomas. Um, I, I didn't find out until I started to get to know him that it was a lot of witchcraft involved in um, that side of his family and from St. Thomas. And so I just tried to, you know, have a relationship with his, his mom, because one of the things uh, was his mom lived with him. So it was, God was showing me that he was already married to his mom. So as the time went on, it was certain things that was said that was, that, that was not that in the divine order of God, which is the way, you know, you're supposed to put your spouse first, you know, forsake your 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 family and your parents to be with your spouse and those things just wasn't aligned aligning with the word of God because there was such a stronghold in his family um uh um a bond that was not godly in terms of his mom came first his mama cooked him dinner every night his mom expected him to be home every night and then his mom had a lot of demonic um um 
things going on with her in terms of her um, witchcraft was involved. Um, so knowing me being a new believer and me being just one of like, let's save the world. You know, that's what we do as believers. We just want everybody to be saved, but we have to know that every assignment is not our assignment. Every assignment is not our assignment. It's not your assignment to get saved, get someone saved. It's not your assignment to everybody's just not our assignment. And I wore myself out the first, probably I want to say five years wore myself into the ground, praying for everybody who asked for prayer. It was such a learning experience with this because God, some, some things God don't even want you to waste your time on or some things it's just not your assignment. And we take on, we wonder why we're bogged down and we're tired all the time and we're worn and exhausted in the spirit because we take on things that God never tell us to take on. He has um, assigned different things for different people, different assignments. And you, and you have to know your identity and what your purpose is when you walk in with him, because it's the enemy can take anything that's good and turn it into something that's awful. Even something that's great is serving the Lord. He'll take that and he'll turn that into something that will, that you, that you will get so bogged down. You don't want nothing to do with church or God or nothing else no more because you just tired. So anyway, I said that to say, um, witchcraft was going on. And so we went to, uh, we was dating at the time. And I remember her being in my car, his mom, and we was driving to the revival because it was revival. And I knew this guy had a prophetic gift because at the church I was going to at the time, they didn't operate and move in the prophetic. So I, I took her to this revival that we were having that night. And, um, and I'm like, God, you got to touch her life. You got to because I was hearing about all of the different things. She was seeing demons in the house. She had some kind of thing where she couldn't leave the house and she only left the house to go to the post office. And that was it. But she was totally confined and trapped in the house because she was bound. And so, I'm, of course, you know, I'm like praying for her and I'm like, let me take you to this revival. So we're in the car driving and she said something that was totally off. She said. My son is so important to me and I would kill somebody about my son. And it was just like, what? I'm like taking you to church. Like what? Now, mind you, I'm not a scary person, right? I'm born and raised in Chicago, so I'm not a scary person. But I just thought that was not of God. It was so off. So we went to the revival and um, we got in the prayer line and um, I said, well, come on, let, let him pray for you. You know, I know you said you've been having things going on with you or whatever. So let, let him pray for you. So she walked up to the podium and he stared at her and he laid hands on her. And he said, I see water all around you. He said something happened. Um, she said, I'm from St. Thomas. He said, OK, he said um, witchcraft, something happened at a certain time or whatever. And he laid hands on her. She fell out under the power of God. Okay. So that happened and she was just so excited. She felt free or whatever, but she wasn't completely free. But, you know, God had did still touched her life at that moment because I was like, I'm standing in this line. I will not leave this church until God touched her life because this is the reason why we came. So I think God was just honoring my faithfulness and just, you know, me just praying for her and stuff like that. And, and he loves, her. he loved her, you know, period. You know, that was the end of it. So God passed that, but I'm just trying to give you the backstory on what the enemy was trying to pull me into. So then he said, there's a room in my house, um, 
if we get married, you can move in the room. There's this room that you and your son can move into. The room looked like garbage. The room was, one thing about me, I'm real big on aesthetics, you know. I'm real big on that because, you know, my background and I love decorating and that's my background. Real estate is my background, right? So I was like, this room looked like an alley. The carpet is filthy. He wanted us to live in that house. In other words, his mama wasn't going nowhere. Like we had to get in where we fit in in this room that he said he was going to fix up for us to live in. And the house was big, way bigger than that room. And I was like, let's just find our own house. So he was like, okay, he was on board with that. Let's find a house. So we looking for a house. We looking for a house. To make a long story short, guys, without going through the entire process of this this in and out relationship. And I want to say it probably, I want to say it lasted. It, I, it wouldn't have been no more than probably three or four months that this even lasted. Now, I've never slept with him, but we were still kissing and doing things that put us in compromising positions and things like of that nature. But I never spent the night with him or anything like that. So still trying to do the right thing. Right. So to speed up the whole thing, I just want to let you know what happened. So what ended up happening was he started watching his ex-girlfriend's son. And when I would come up to the <clears throat> barber shop, I was like, who is this? Oh, this is, uh, he'd get his hair cut. His mom had to go somewhere and do something or whatever, whatever. But it didn't sit right with me. And I was like, well, why are you watching your ex-girlfriend's son? So after that, I came up to the, the again, to the barbershop another day. And uh, mind you, me and him was going to the studio together. We was going to dinner together. We was dating. And so he had said, you know, um, he was looking for me a ring and all that good stuff. And I didn't even have a ring, but we was engaged, right? <laughs> Not that that's, you know, but I'm just saying everything was so backwards, guys. It was so backwards. It was so off. And so... um he walked, I was getting out of my car and he was walking in the barbershop, but it just, he had a look on him. Like he had just got through having sex. It was just a look on him. And I was like, Hey, he was like, Hey, sweetie, you know, like it was nothing. Well, come to find out later on, you know, after me and him talked that he was just leaving her house from having sex with her. And so something happened with the son of that lady and I, God gave me insight into it and, and told me to ask him and he admitted to having sex with her and admitted to seeing her and all this kind of stuff. And I said, this is not the will of God for my life. And so I said, where we started is where I'm leaving you right here. So I, I, I got in my car and pulled off, never looked back, not even for a second. I didn't even like him like that. And I was just wondering why God would tell me somebody's my husband that I didn't even really, we was going through the motions, but we was only going through the motions because I got a word, right? Now, first of all, when God tell you something, he's not going to just tell you. He's going to tell the other individual that's marrying you. It is never one-sided when it comes to God and comes to marriage. God is not going to tell you you marrying somebody, but he's not going to tell that other individual that's marrying you. What kind, what, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? So that was a learning experience for me, big time learning experience. And I realized that 
not only was the enemy trying to set me up with somebody who wasn't, so I didn't hear correctly. And I, and I don't have a problem with telling people that as, as a prophet of God, you miss it. Sometimes you miss it. And I believe God allows that. So first of all, he can let you know you're not perfect. You're not me. That's one. And this is why it's so important, vitally important to know that the leadership and the men and women of God, the pastors, the evangelists, the prophets, the apostles, these are just vessels that God is using flawed individuals. And so this is very important because most, um, sometimes people get caught up and they start, I, uh, you know, idol they start idolizing people. So God have to let you know, first of all, you are flawed individuals. Second of all, um, I'm never going to tell you something and not tell the person who's marrying you. Like what kind of God would do that? You know, so God would never tell one and not tell the other. He just kind of jumped on board and agreed to it. Right. So I'm here to tell you in these Bible stories and all of these prophetic um, kingdom spouses is around the corner, prophetic words and all of these things, not saying that it's not God, but I'm not saying that it is God, but I am telling you guys firsthand that you better know that you know that God is really speaking to you and that that is a word. And not only if it's a word, but make sure that it's God talking and not your flesh talking because you want to be married so bad. Sometimes we prophesy things out of the flesh because we want things so bad. So we create this world in our head that it has nothing to do with God. God is not speaking to us. That's us speaking to ourselves. And then sometimes it is a direct word from God. God will tell you, you're getting married to this individual. God will tell you. So I'm not refuting that anything is or isn't God. What I'm saying in this hour, I see a lot of kingdom spouses and a lot of that now. And I'm going to fast forward and be totally transparent with you guys. I'm still not married. But I got that prophetic word back in 2002, I think. That was 2002, guys, that God said he said no. And I believe that man was under the power of the whole. He had a strong prophetic gift. But then what happened was I ended up getting married, but it wasn't God's will. And that took my life into another cycle. And, and, and let me just say this again. And I was saved and I was married for six years, dated for two. So was with him for eight. And I'm telling you, that's a whole testimony in and of itself. And in fact, I think I gave some of that testimony on another podcast. If you want to listen to another one of my podcasts, um, I think one of those, I'm not sure which, which one it was that I put it on. I didn't give the whole testimony. Um, I'm not sure it's either the prophetic prayer for anxiety and worry or the uh, can evil people give good gifts. Um, but it was one of those. If you want to go back and listen to that, I talk, talked a little bit about that. It was about narcissism and how I got caught in that marriage. But when I tell you, when that word goes forth over your life, you better know that you know that you're hearing God, that it is God, because I'm telling you right now, and he's still to this day trying to put people in my path that is not of God. And that, you know, there are just certain signs and certain things you'll know off the cuff when it's God. If, if it, if it's not the fruit of the spirit, if they get in high and I'm not even trying to be funny, it's just certain characteristics that God will not put you with certain people, people or individuals that lifestyle does not line up with who he is <clears throat> with his character. 
if they're unbelievers, if, if it's so many red flags, so many red flags. And so I just want to heed a word of caution. God wanted me to warn you to caution you to not be anxious for anything. Because if you look at the Bible story of Leah, <clears throat> uh, Jacob and Rachel, that whole love story about how Jacob waited, right? He waited like 14 years to get Rebecca. I'm sorry, not Rebecca, Rachel. He waited 14 years to get her, right? Um, he worked for her father and said he will wait, wait seven years. And then after the seven years, um, the father tricked him and gave, gave him Leah, which is the one he didn't want. So he still took Leah, but then he had to wait another seven years for Rachel. So he ended up waiting 14 years for that promise. I'm saying that to say this. Sometimes it will happen quickly. And then sometimes you will have a waiting period that even though a word has gone forth, that you still going to have to wait for that word to be made manifest. And sometimes you will have the Isaac and Rebecca story. You know what I mean? So basically Isaac, um, um, Abraham's servant went out to find a wife for Isaac, Abraham's son. And when he went, he got the confirmation that Rebecca was her, you know, based on what she was doing, water, giving him water and then water for his camels and that he knew that was God. And then based on the fact that she came right back with him and that and it happened just that fast. Isaac had had his wife. So sometimes God to put things into motion really fast like that. And then sometimes if there's a waiting period. And the thing about it, because you don't know, even though you have a direct word from God, you don't know for sure how long is it going to take for that promise to be manifested? Because I'm here to tell you, Abraham had a promise too for a baby and Sarah couldn't have, have kids. He had to wait a long time for that promise to manifest. And all I'm saying is, if you are not in a position where you willing to be humble, be patient and wait on God, desperation breeds deception. And then you don't want to get into idolatry, idolizing a marriage, idolizing relationships. I tell people I live my life not to be in relationships. I just live my life. If a relationship comes, praise the Lord. If it doesn't come, praise the Lord. In other words, God's timing is always the best timing and not saying that you shouldn't be in expectance because we should always be in expectant. If God has spoken a word over us, we should be in expectant that he's going to perform that word. But what happens? What happens if that promise doesn't show up when you think it should show up? You're going to be in a world of trouble if you don't proceed with caution. Why? Because you're going to go into the heart deferred, makes, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick thing. You're going to go into depression. You're going to go into, Lord, I thought you said, Lord, why is it taking so long? Lord, why? Is... And I'm telling you everything and all the emotions that I went through. I'm telling you right now, I had to get to a place in my life where I was content with the situation that I'm in. Not saying I'm not in, in expecting for the promise, but you have to be content. Like Paul said, I learned to be content 
fed or hungry. I learned to be content in whatever situation I'm in. And the reason why is because if you're not, then what that does is it sets up bitterness, it sets up resentment, it sets up anger, and it pushes you away from God. And before you know it, you just you'll just say, well, just forget it. I'm just going to go back to the way that I used to do things, which is what I did. Go back to the way that I used to do things. And if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. And then I had to come back from out of that to doing things the way God said I should do it. You see, I'm being totally transparent with you because a lot of people don't want to tell you that. They just want you to think they woke up and everything happened. But sometimes there's going to be a time span in between the time you get that word or the time you God tells you something and it may not be around the corner like you think it's going to be. Or it may come fast, just like Isaac and Rebecca. You 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 go and God say you are to marry this person. Y'all get married in six months. Y'all get married in a year. But all I'm saying is bring balance to it. Proceed with caution. Because the enemy will love nothing more to, to put you in a bondage of hell, which is what I went through. Um, that was a small situation. Nothing in comparison to the marriage that I was in that was not of God. So I'm telling you guys, he can put you on a, a path that will take you off the course of your destiny, baby, and will put you on a path of destruction. So you, you heard the prophetic word that I got. I had trust issues, right? So now what he wants to do is create, create in me more trust issues. So I can never be fully trust people or trust God to bring things to, to pass. But I'm here to tell you the devil is a lie, baby. And I'm here to tell you that I'm standing on his word. I'm standing on his promises and I'm standing on whatever he told me. I believe it's going to happen, but it's going to happen in his time and his way. In the meantime, in between time, I'm happy. I'm whole. I'm loved and I celebrate singleness. I celebrate myself. I celebrate my relationship with him. I celebrate whatever season I'm in because that's what you call faith and being faithful and being thankful no matter what come or may. And, and, I, and I tell y'all this because it wasn't always like that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't always like that. I went through so many seasons and I'm not talking about seasons of dating one guy to the next, this guy to the next. This guy. No, because I'm not easily pulled into things. But when I did get pulled into things, it still wasn't God. So I can go five years without having sex and then have it. And then I'll go another three years and then have it. And then I'll go another eight years and like that. That, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being constantly entangled with the yoke of bondage with people because I'm very like cautious. I'm very careful. But at the same time, I'm not without flaw and I'm not without being duped. Anybody can be tricked. I don't care how close you walk with God. So you have to stay close to him. But I said all of that to say, hopefully this will help someone else. And God would be glorified and that you would be in a position to wait on him and wait patiently and humbly and be content and okay if it doesn't happen for five years or if it doesn't happen for a year or if it doesn't happen for 15 years or if it doesn't happen for 30 years learn to be patient and wait on God and that's what this is all about and you can go in the scriptures and read the different um stories on the different um 
Bible stories, I should say, on the couples in um, the Old Testament and the New Testament. You got the Adam and Eve. That was the first love story. And see how that happened? It happened just like that. And then you got Abraham and Sarah and how God did not want Abraham with nobody but Sarah. And that was Genesis 17. If you want to read that, you can read Genesis 17. And then you have the Isaac and Rebecca story, which is the Genesis 24, 26, um, verse 26. And how he made that match for uh, Abraham's son, Isaac. And then you have the Jacob and, and Rachel loves um, and how he waited 14 years for her. But you see how it's different seasons and different strokes with different folks. And then you got Ruth and Boaz. Everybody loved that story. So you got that story. And that's about God's faithfulness and his reward. And he rewarded her. And he rewarded her for being faithful to her mother-in-law and just for just different reasons. And then you got the uh, David and Abigail. And then, you know, the story of David when he put the man in battle. And now he actually um, uh, took Bathsheba for himself and committed adultery. But you see how we do things as people. Now, David was a man after God's own heart, but he still sinned against God. And because he wanted Bathsheba that bad, but he had to pay a consequence for that because I think his child ended up dying from that. God judged him. So um, you got Hosea and Gomer. Who was Hosea? Who was Gomer? Oh, that's an unconditional love story that God will show you how he will put you with people that was a harlot. She was a harlot, which means in our modern day and time, a prostitute. So God would do things how he see fit to do it. But at the same time, you would know a tree by its fruit, period. I don't care what people say. If their actions don't line up with their word, it's not God. <laughs> I, I can't stress that enough. I can't stress that enough. And another situation I just recently had with that same person, not not the guy, that guy who I was engaged to, but this other guy um, who God told me in the beginning when I got saved, that is not your husband. As fate would have it, he done came back around two or three more times. But baby, this last time I sent him the other way <laughs> because I'm like, if it's not God, if Lord, if it's not you, I don't want it. And I had just heard a prophetic word on YouTube saying that the person is going to come to your door. The person is coming. He's right around the corner. He's this, he's that, he's that. And don't you know the devil fulfilled that? Don't you know he came right on in here? But nothing happened. But me ministering Jesus. <laughs> but. I'm here to tell you just even with the story of Queen Esther and the king, uh, how God prepared her um, to be with him. But it was always for his greater glory and his greater purpose. God will always do things. He's purposeful, right? God is a master architect. His timing is perfect. His timing is perfect, guys. So be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But by everything prayer and petition make your request known unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind that's what's going to guard you if it's no peace there if it if it's out of whack it's not him so be careful saints be careful ladies be careful gentlemen be careful because the enemy is prowling he's he's looking to seek who he can devour be careful cuz he the marriage is such a big thing. Covenant is huge with God. Purpose is huge with God. Destiny is huge. So he's going to 
uh, prey on the fact that you just got to have it, that you're so desperate for it. It's nothing wrong with wanting what God wants for us. But then, then there's an area that sometimes we can get in that we're so desperate for it. We start idolizing it. We start wanting it so bad at any cost that we start making it right in our head, making them seem like they're the one in our head, giving excuses for the things that we see that are red flags. No, no. Be still and wait on the Lord and be content and be happy and celebrate your singleness. And don't get into things too quick. Make sure you have a group of people around you that just don't want to see you married because they want to be married so bad. So they just going to tell you, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. No. Make sure it's him. God can do things fast. He can do things slow. He can do things however he want to do it. He's God. We on the need to know basis in the kingdom of God. That's the way we operate. If you want us to know, he'll tell us. And if he don't, he don't. But one thing's for sure. If it's your spouse, you guys are going to be on the same page. It's not going to be lopsided. It's not going to be lopsided. You guys are going to be on the same page, meaning he's going to know you, his wife, and then she's going to know. And that character and that fruit will be made manifest. That's it. That's all. I'm signing off. Living Free Podcast, where we live a life of freedom, expansion, and rest. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is not bondage. And I'm going to tell you this before I go. If it's God, it's going to be a blessing and not a curse. And you won't have to exchange your mental health to keep it. God is not the author of confusion. So if you in and out, is it him? Is it not him? Is it him? Because I was doing it. Oh, is it him? This is not God. This is God. This is not God. This is God. No way, Jose, baby. God don't play games with people like that. Meaning when it's him, you're going to know that you know that you know. You're going to know. And when I say that, it's not going to be any confusion. It's not going to be lopsided. You know, but he don't know. She know, but you, you, it's not going to be any of that. You both are going to know and it's going to line up with his perfect will. And I, I don't even know how to explain it. I just know that when other things in my life are God, I don't have to fight for it. Not saying I don't have opposition. But I don't have to force it. It's not forced. There's a peace there. There's a peace. So I'm going to let y'all go on that note. You guys have a super fantastic day. See you in the next podcast. Bye, loves.